What's up, guys? This is John Nelson, and this is the Starting Block Podcast. Guys, this is a show for complete athletic development. Our mission here is to give you the tools to win, whether you are the athlete, the parent, or the coach. As always, I'm here with my co-host, Chris Scarborough. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. How are you today? Great, great. Sitting out here on a beautiful sunny day. Yeah, how about you? Nice, nice, good. Yeah, it's uh, it was a little cold up here in Memphis this morning, but uh, it's turned out to be pretty nice. Um, so today, guys, is Q&A. But before we get to that, let me break down our show in case you are new because our numbers are growing pretty rapidly, and we're, uh, we appreciate all you guys listening and appreciate uh, you know the ones of you guys that share the show. That's what we ask. That's uh, pay your dues. You guys are paying your dues, and, and it shows, and we appreciate it. So if you're new, here's how our show operates. We have a couple different episodes within the show. The first is going to be the Q&A. That's what today is. It's where Chris and I will take the questions you guys submit to us at, where can they get us, Chris? Info at startingblockpodcast.com. So you submit your questions there, and we will take those and answer them on the Q&A. It could be anything related to the training, the performance, the rehab, the neuro stuff. You name it, we'll, we will uh, we'll tackle it here. Uh, Q&A. Now, next episode is going to be our guest interview. That's exactly what it sounds like. Guest interview is basically like all the other podcasts on the planet. That is where we will bring our colleagues in from across the country and across the globe, and we'll um, talk to them and just get some insight as to how they win and connect you guys with them. That's a big part of our guest interview that I think separates our show from a lot of other shows out there is we want to connect you with these people. A lot of shows in our industry, whether it's, you know, health, medical training, whatever, you know, it tends to be a lot of coach to coach talk. And it's a lot of, a lot of info that, you know, as parents or athletes, it just, it doesn't really resonate all the time. And I think it's one of the things with our guest interview that I'm, I'm most proud of is being able to connect you guys with these people that we know that are in our networks. So if you're a listener somewhere else across the country, you know where to go. And, uh, and I'm just, we're proud to offer that to you guys. And so I'm going on a tangent, but anyways, that's our guest interview. Um, guest interview Q&A are biweekly, uh, alternating. And then the final episode is going to be the Friday Fire Fact or maybe Saturday Sermon. This is going to be about 10 to 15 minutes of me giving you just a little bit of you know, talk about uh, some things outside of training, maybe the business motivational side of stuff, um, things like that. And then uh, also, remember, we don't do those episodes every week. That's uh, every couple weeks. I just want to make sure we put good quality content out there. The final thing is remember to pay your dues. That part of the show is about you sharing the show. If you got value out of this, if you learned something, if you like the guests, then share the show. If you thought the show sucked, then don't share it. Email us and tell us it sucked, and uh, I'll try to do better. But if you liked the show, bring a friend, put it out there on social media, do something to help us grow and support this mission now all that is done so let's go ahead and get going because today is going to be a quick episode guys we are very tight on time and we actually had three different guest interviews last week which is why we are so pressed for time and let me tell you those were some of the best interviews that we have done so far like i don't know what do you think yeah guys? i thought they were great i mean i i, I believe that there's going to be something in there regardless of what you're interested in. I mean, whether it be injury treatment, you're going to have that info with a couple of the guests. We're going to have training info. You know, if it's, if it's yeah. you know, if it's elite performance, I mean, you're going to get something. The guests that we had on last week, I'm not familiar with any of them being on a lot of podcasts other than some of their own. And so 
but that, that does not mean that the information they shared is not valuable. Uh, it's just yeah. the opposite. So, yeah, it was it was great. And those episodes will be coming out. But the guest we recorded was uh, Kim Pittis uh, with frequency specific microcurrent. So if you're a little bit more in the rehab medical field, that's a great episode. We had Brad Arnett. That's a JJ Watts trainer and trainer to a number of other NFL players. Guys, if you are an athlete or a coach or a parent, I highly encourage you to listen to that episode. Um, all the information is great, but Brad really gets going on some awesome, awesome insight. Probably about, I don't know, 20 minutes in. I mean, everything he said was great, but like he really started rolling. Um, and there's a lot of good stuff that you guys can walk away from. I would highly encourage you to listen to, well, all of them, but definitely that one. And then we had Gary Reinald, the um, anti-ice guy. Uh, and I, Gary and I have already been emailing back and forth. And man, that, that was amazing so i i that's <laughs> no matter who you are that is a great it episode is. as well so those will all be coming yes. out soon um but um all right so today's q a let's go ahead and get to it so the qu question that was submitted to us um in a kind of a roundabout way was what's the difference between negatives and eccentrics and uh so we're going to dig into that today what chris why don't you you kind of get started and i'll uh, i'll jump in and interrupt you like yeah I all good do. you know First of all, I want to be very clear. I'm referring to what's the difference in the way we train people, okay? Not not in yes. some scientific definition, okay? So if you want to— That's important because if you look at the standard books, they look basically They do, the and, and we're not—you know, it'd be like the lowering part of the motion, either one of them. But we're referring to in our system. So— Yes, and, and the system that we utilize and with a lot of the other people that we train with, this is what we're referring to. Before you dig deeper, because I want to explain the yes. eccentric or the low. So understand for you parents or coaches that may not know what that is, the eccentric is or negative in kind of conventional theory is the lengthening of the muscles. Like if you're doing a bicep curl, it's the lowering of the muscle, the bicep getting longer as you go down. In a bench press, it's the lowering of, you know, the bar. That's typically what right. they think. So just to clarify that. All right. I'll, 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 we didn't get very far before I interrupted you. So keep <laughs> no, <going. laughs> yeah, that's great. No, it's it's you're you're right on target. I mean, a negative. Let's. I tell you what, for the sake of this this interview, let's use a bench press. All right, let's make something. Let's get something simple. A a a bilateral movement that almost everyone can relate to a bench press. So a negative would hold that bar, you know, at arm's length over the chest, right? Everybody got that picture? Arms at arm's length, elbows locked over the chest. They would use the, the, the muscles in the chest, the front of the shoulders and the triceps to lower the weight slowly down under their control down to the chest and then use the exact same muscle to lift it up. Okay, so it's the same muscles lowering and lifting. They have to turn some of the force <laughs> capability off for that weight to to lower onto them they would then have to overcome that same weight using the same muscles but by increasing the amount of force production right so if you have 150 pounds on the bar you would have to kind of turn on slightly less than 150 pounds of force if you will so that that bar can lower itself down to your chest and then you'd have to do slightly more than 150 pounds to then lift that weight back up. That would be a negative, all right? Same muscle, lowers the weight as it lifts the weight. Um, this tends to lead to a lot of uh, burning in the muscle. You know, there, there tends to be a lot of that lactic acid type buildup, especially on high reps. 
Yeah, eccentrics are where you're going to have the most hypertrophy and the most, uh, you know, the most uh, burning and damage to the muscle as well. So doing a lot of negative or slash eccentrics, you're going to get really, you're going to get really sore. Yes, correct. Right. And that's really, John, where you are, you and Dr. J actually hit the nail on the head in our, in the episode we released last week. And that is you pull the bar. Does that surprise uh, you? That would be, yes. <laughs> I was going to say that would be a negative, but that would, <laughs> no, no, that does not surprise me in the least. What, what do we so have to So you pull the bar down using the muscles yes. opposite, opposite yes. of the, so, so you pull, pull the bar yeah. down. What, what does that mean? Okay, so I'm going to pull the bar down with the, the back of my shoulders. I'm going to pull the bar down with my lats. I'm going to pull the bar down with the biceps even and with the elbow flexors. I'm then going to press it back up with the front of the shoulders, the chest, the triceps. So let's go back to that. Let's go back to the bench and, you know, is starting the pull down. So when you think about the bench, guys, and we're just using this one as an example. It's different with different moves. But with the bench, what are the three most important muscles in the bench press? Well, it's widely known that the lats, rear delts, triceps are three of the most important muscles in the bench. Now, people are going to say, well, what? Well, I bench press and it builds my chest. Well, yes, but when you actually look at the specific action of the pec clavicular and pec sternal, they're, they're designed more for humeral adduction, whether that is straight out or at a little bit more of an angle. And so understand that, yes, the chest is going to be assisting in the movement, but the pec is truly designed for humeral adduction. So a little side note there, go get yourself like a, um, you know, one of those like big Swiss balls or physio balls, you know, um, if you're a fan of the office, that's what Dwight was sitting on that one episode where Jim took the pair of scissors and like slashed it. Um, Everybody uses it for core work. So bring your arms up to like 90 degrees, all right, and put the ball between them and squeeze as hard as you can, and you'll feel how much that engages your pecs. That's because you're actually doing what the pec is supposed to do. But back to the bench press, we talk about rear delts, triceps, lats. Now, lats are unbelievably important for the bench. So you, you automatically see that our body is specifically designed to work in this alternating firing pattern. So I like to cue our clients or athletes when they're benching and try to bend the bar, break the bar in half like Superman and pretend the bar is like suspended in the air with like some bands or something. And your objective is to pull it down. And if you can feel that, if you can feel how you pull down, that's a, Big, big, big difference than simply lowering the bar down. And that's what, that's what Chris is trying to say there. There's a big difference between lowering and pulling it down. So, again, if you're new you know, to the show or you know, if you're uh, you know, a, a coach or something like that and you know, you're a lot, your athletes have some shoulder issues or something like that, of course, pending, they, they can do you know, the movements and all that medical stuff, okay? Watch them. Watch them do a bench press, but then tell them to engage the lats and pull the bar down like the bar is suspended in air, and they have to pull that resistance down, and you'll immediately see the change. That's one reason I like to use that single-arm bench press so much, Chris. Right. I don't know how often you use that, because you can't do that exercise without pulling the bar down. It's, it's, it's impossible. Yeah, basically. I mean, anything that can get you to engage the pulling muscles which would then I just add a spring effect, you know, to the pushing muscle. So you basically have a slingshot almost 
a slingshot effect. You know, of course, y'all, you know, it's, oh, it's a, it's a, uh, one of the reasons when we have referred to in the past, the on off switch, you know, I turned those lats off as Dr. J said last week, it's almost like the bar just wants to fly up. You know, it's like I, he just stops mm-hmm. pulling down. The bar almost wants to go up on its own. Well, that's kind of what we're after mm-hmm. is that, you know, create that that spring effect. Like you're 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 pulling it down, load mm-hmm. the spring, just almost just let the let it go yes. and it almost wants to go up on its own. So, um, and by the way, we used a bench press in this example just because it's easy. It's easy to picture, it's easy, most people can mm-hmm. picture this in their mind. Mm-hmm. But like, let's use a squat sure. for example, because that that's actually fresh <clears> on my mind. Because I have, I have a young, uh, a, a young swimming group uh, of girls that are with us, and you know they're all probably fifteen to sixteen, and so you know they're starting to learn how to get stronger and how to move. I mean, don't get me wrong, they're they are just kick-ass swimmers. Um, if y'all are listening to this show, shout out to y'all. But I was teaching, trying to teach one of the new girls how to how to squat but not squat in the sense of the skill, okay? And that's in, don't get me wrong, we did some goblet squats, little progressions like that, and there can be benefit. But understand that when you teach something just like a regular squat, you're actually teaching the body to move in reverse, basically, in the opposite way it's designed to, to work. Our muscles have to work together. So, like, to backtrack, and I think we've talked about this before, Chris, if I'm executing, like, a bicep curl, my bicep can only contract or shorten as fast as my tricep can lengthen. That's how everything mm-hmm. in the body works. My bicep can only contract as fast as tricep can lengthen and vice versa. As I extend my arm out, my tricep can only contract as fast as the bicep lengthens. So like in the squat, okay, we're working on trying to pull down. So that is the eccentric portion, pulling down, not lowering, pulling. So she has to use her hamstrings to pull down. But, like, she couldn't feel this. She could not figure it out. And that's a very common thing with today's mm-hmm. athletes, Chris, is they are so front-chain dominant, they don't know how to engage right. at all. And then, you know, one of the things that, that I learned from Dan Fichter, shout out to Dan, um, is something very simple. Put, you know, put, put a band, put, put a, uh, a band, say, attach it to an object mm-hmm. out in front of you, wrap around the back of your calf, and almost to the point where it wants to kick your foot out from underneath you, you know, kick you out to the front, mm-hmm. which now forces you to engage that hamstring a little bit. You'll be surprised yes. at how many people have knee pain in a squat, knee pain in a lunge. Mm-hmm. We just do something simple like that. The knee pain's gone. And right. Right. Because now you're teaching the muscles how to do what Correct. they're supposed to do. You know, and we're so detrained. So a, a note on that exercise, and, and that's great. I've done that too. But I've even seen situations where people are so out of touch. The body is moving in reverse that even that, they still can't feel it. They still mm-hmm. struggle with that. And, like, they'll try to dig in with their heel and pull through, and that's obviously right. not what we want either. Um, the this may sound counterintuitive. In fact, if you're a coach, I don't recommend you do this by any means. But, like, I will have some people where I'll put them on, like, a like a small foam roller or something, you know, to create a little instability there. You know, maybe make sure that even if they're a young athlete, if they can't figure that out, like a small foam roller on that front leg and, like, a lunge or something because I've tried the band, it doesn't work. And what I'll do is I will gently try to roll the foam roller away from them 
you know, and maybe they may be holding on to somebody, you know, somebody's shoulder so they don't, you know, fall over or hurt themselves or whatever, especially if they're younger. But I'll kind of try to roll that foam roller away. Then they, they have to actively learn how to, you know, pull because otherwise the leg just flies out. And that's just kind of another variation. Right, that yeah, and I saw you do that, by the way, when I was there a couple of years ago. And uh, I think that's brilliant. I mean, you think about it, you know, just kind of the brain is so hardwired to protect itself or to protect the body that, yeah, okay, here's a threat. I'm pulling this foam roller. Oh, I better keep that thing on. So now it's fire hamstring or risk injury. So, mm-hmm. but, but now but when I say yeah. that, I want to, want to be very clear. These kids were not in any danger. <laughs> so it's, I don't mean that it was just yeah. that it's like, yeah. So any trolls, like I, I don't, I don't want your shit. Like, you know, making <laughs> right. sure it's everybody's a, safe. But it's a, it's a, just a way of, all right, kick in hamstring or I'm going to mm-hmm. fall or I'm going to risk falling or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know, and so that, so like with this girl with the squat, so she, you know, we taught like, okay, here's just a basic like goblet squat. Okay. Just learn how to get the pattern. Cause I mean, they don't understand what a squat is in period in general. It's like, okay. So you see, this is how we squat. Okay. Now, now I want you to drop, you know, the 20 pound dumbbell you were holding and I want you to hold a little five pound weight plate. And I want you to use your hamstrings to pull down as hard as you possibly can. And I don't, if I recall, cause it was like a 5 a.m. session, she still wasn't able to do it. So regressed it, took her to the wall and had her, I use that cue again, pretend that like, you know, your arms or something are, you know, suspended with, you know, bands and you're having to pull yourself down to the ground, you know, so that at least they have some type of like mm-hmm. proprioceptive feedback with the back and the posterior chain to where they could feel that start to engage a little bit. And if you're a young athlete or, you know, don't get frustrated if you can't feel this and, and parents or coaches, don't be frustrated, uh, you know, or don't get frustrated with an athlete if they can't feel this yet. They can't feel it because our society is completely backwards. Everything we do is opposite of what we should be doing. And we're sitting all day. Then we're trying to load all the, you know, load all these flexion based patterns, you know, learn how to deadlift, learn how to squat, all that stuff. And the body is just, it's inhibited. It's shut down. So it takes time. It takes a lot. Well, of time. And I think too, if you just go back to John, I, I believe it was, episode five or six we did extreme isometrics and yeah 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 we might need to redo that by the way because i was out of town that day but i i know that was one of our higher ranked episodes i know you guys ask us a lot of questions yeah, about it, it. We may yeah it was it was a good anyway. episode but if you think about how much we discussed pulling down pull down pull toward the floor it doesn't matter if it's a push-up doesn't matter if it's a lunge a squat or whatever I mean, it's all basically the same thing. You're pulling toward the floor. Well, now what we discussed today, the eccentric, again, I'm not referring to a some textbook definition. I'm referring to the way we train. The eccentric is going to be pulling toward the floor. Then, so, keep and going. the concept is being pushing away. So now let's let's hit on one final point and wrap this up because I know we both got to close this out. Is this is why if you're an ELP athlete, for example, I get so fired up about hearing guys go to a gym and like outside of here and get on leg extensions and leg presses and you know these types of machines. 
And this is the precise reason why. I don't care that you're getting extra work in. Cool. If you want to get extra work in, great. But then don't come complaining to me in a month when your arm hurts or your hip hurts or something like that because you're going out and doing that. So understand what we just talked about, all right? We just talked about how muscles have to work in unison. Bicep can only do as much as tricep allows and vice versa. Quad can only do as much as hamstring allows, et cetera, okay? So if I'm on a, you know, if I'm on a Sunday and I just feel like going and grinding it out and I'm going to go up to the local gym and I'm going to, you know, jump on the leg extensions and the leg press, think about what you've done now. You have decoded the body and worked the exact opposite way of what you're supposed to do. Nobody cares about size. Your, your scholarship really isn't based on how big your, uh, your quads are, I don't think. Now, <laughs> maybe they are, I don't know. But you think about that, and this is ultimately how the decoding occurs, and then you wind up with patella tendonitis or, you know, your elbow hurts or, or what have you. This is why, because you're training it backwards. In a leg extension, there's no physical way that you could pull back down. Now, don't get me wrong. I got a leg extension here at ELP, and it's, it, it's great. I love it. <laughs> but my right. athletes don't use it. You know? But I'm also not trying to get a D1 scholarship either. I do yeah, care about right. my quads. Yeah, there's certainly, <laughs> you know, there's certainly a time to use things like that. Um, but oftentimes, if it's, you're dealing with someone with an injury, it's probably not. Uh, unless it's a very specific injury, if you're dealing with somebody who's just concerned about putting on some muscle mass without any consideration for balanced uh, use, go right ahead. But if, if you're looking for some sort of performance, yeah, probably in, mo in most cases, probably not the right tool, you know, to use something like that where it's very difficult to get that pulling and pushing. You know, you, you want to have that, that coordination mm -hmm. between the, the, the opposite sides mm -hmm. of a joint, muscles on the opposite sides of a joint. Now, now we probably don't have time to get into this today, and, and I want to make sure I preface and saying, you know, we're not speaking on the medical side of stuff by any means. Because, I mean, every, all situations are unique as well, and, you know, you need to understand where you are in recovery from an injury. But it's one of the things that Dr. J and I actually briefly touched on was, you know, I do believe that as you rehab an injury – the pulling concept mm -hmm. is important to a degree because you have to rewire the nervous system how to actually move the right way. So, like, if we're just sitting there doing leg extensions, okay, the, you're, not, you're not training the muscle to even do right. what it's supposed to do. So how can you expect to, to get past where you were? You know, you got, you got hurt because of the state you were in. So rehab right. is just going to put you right back where you were. Well, right. you don't want that. you got to get past There was a miscoordination you know? there in the first place that created the injury. So if you, mm -hmm. you know, if you go back into that same right. <laughs> miscoordination, you know, that's just one more, one more likely Correct. scenario to get you hurt again. So, yeah, absolutely. So there's a time and place, but it's obviously, you know, that, that yes. discussion goes way, way, way deeper than that. So, but I just thought it was something interesting to touch on. So, um, <clears throat> but yeah, I think we covered all that, Chris. I mean, I'm trying to think if there's anything else I really wanted to add or anything we might well, have missed. I think missed that's going to be, that that's, that's the main part, but I do believe we probably do need to redo the, uh, the uh, uh, extreme isometric episode in a very near future. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, guys, that was a good question. Um, we appreciate you sending that one in. Again, you can send the questions to info at startingblockpodcast.com. And, guys, if you like this, if you got value, pay your dues, all right? Whether you're a client of ours or not or just a, a casual listen, pay your dues. We appreciate that. Subscribe. Give us a quick review. It means a lot to us. We appreciate you guys. And, uh, yeah, have a great one. That is today's show. Talk to you all later.